Hey, welcome to the More Life, Less Drama podcast. I'm your host, Prue Sulisic, and I'm here to lead you to a more fulfilling and peaceful life. Each week, I will share stories, have great conversations with women just like you, and explore different topics on personal growth. This is not some fancy podcast bringing you extraordinary stories. I'm just here keeping it real, raw, and honest, so you know it's possible for you too. I want you to know yourself so well, nothing stands in your way. So let's get to it. Life is waiting. Hello, friends. How are you? It's a beautiful evening tonight, and I'm recording this podcast as the week's coming to a close, and... I can't believe it's just been another week that has gone by and we are almost, well, we are actually right in the middle of June. And yeah, I'm astounded that it's June already. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, this year has just gone by in a flash and I feel, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I actually do want things to slow down a little bit. It feels like things are going way too fast. So I hope you're well and I hope your year has been productive and that you have great plans and things coming up for the rest of the year. And if you don't, maybe this podcast is going to help you out a bit because tonight I want to talk to you about planning and the reasons why we plan and what planning actually looks like. And yeah, and if you're not planning, why you're not planning, all that type of stuff. And well, I'm going to be very specific. I'm going to talk about two things. And the reason I'm thinking about doing all this planning is because, well, I'm a person that has worked in finance a lot. (laughs) And so end of financial year is coming up. And it seems to me that I've got in a solid habit of working in financial years rather than calendar years. I still do work in calendar years, but being in business and working in finance in my career Yeah, I've always just gone with financial calendars and I actually really like starting new things at the beginning of financial years. And so because it's coming up to the end of June and that we're about to kick over into another financial year, I find myself really getting down and into the nitty gritty of what planning for my new financial year and what this year is going to bring. And I do this for my business, but I also do it for my personal life. I find it really helpful to do it in both. I think planning all areas of your life because you are a whole person, you're not just broken up into pieces. It is really important to do. What I notice about myself is that I am, I get really excited about planning and any of my coaching clients that have been with me this week and I've just like wigged out on planning. Yeah, I said to one client today when I was like, great, let's like get in and nut out this plan. I said, I love this stuff. And she's like, I can tell. (laughs) So it's very evident that I do love planning because it is because I have this ability to see the future and see like great visions and have, I'm really creative when it comes to that. I've like got a million and one ideas all the time and yeah, just I can see into the future and see what that looks like. And I get really excited about the possibilities. Like I'm full of possibilities. My weakness though is the the nitty gritty details. I've learned to lean into my weaknesses, which is creating the detail. And that is the only way I'm going to get things done. And so if you're like me and you're like, oh, I have all these big dreams and aspirations, yet nothing actually gets done well, possibly you're also like me in the the detail, like the 
the things that we need to do most are focus on the details because that is where the magic actually happens in, in the doing and in the small details. It's great to have the vision. Like I really am really fortunate that I can see this great vision because not everybody can. Like a lot of people struggle to see that great vision, yet they're really great at details. And so it's something that we can teach ourselves how to do, which is what I want to firstly talk about with you today in this podcast. So in in this episode, I'm going to focus on two things. So firstly, I want to give you a quick overview of the human brain, because if you're planning things all the time and you are actually not showing up for your plan, like maybe you've got a calendar full of things that you have planned that you're going to do. And then every morning you look at your calendar and you're like, oh, no, too hard. I can't do that. Or I don't have time for this. Or you get distracted easily and you get the, you know, bright, bright object syndrome where you get pulled away at something else because it seems more exciting at the time rather than sitting down and doing the, especially the hard, boring, tedious work that it takes to complete any goal. So if that's you, the only reason you you're not doing a thing is because of your brain. So that is why I want to talk to you and give you a quick overview from my opinion as a life coach about what your brain is doing. <laughs> yeah, just like part of the human condition, having a human brain and how we can actually utilize it to help us achieve our goals rather than letting it always run our life uh, in the negative aspect. So that's the first thing I'm going to do. And the second thing is going to be a bit more of an action piece, which is possibly grab a pen and a paper and write these jot points down because I'm going to teach you my strategy to plan. And it's so easy. And I know you've most probably heard a million ways to plan, and this is just another one. But like I said on my very first episode, we're all out there like speaking a very similar message, and I'm determined that my message will be heard by people. So someone that has heard 50 other people say the same thing, yet they listen to me and they hear the way that I say it because we all say it slightly differently and it might resonate. So that's why I'm like, okay, I'll I'll do the thing as well because if you haven't heard it yet and it hasn't sunk in to you yet about how to do this planning thing, maybe you'll hear it from me and you'll be like, oh, yes, that's right. I can actually do that. That's something I can do. So that's what I want to do for you today. So firstly, we're going to dive in to the human brain. Let's have a look what that looks like. So firstly, the brain. And this is a, just a quick disclaimer. I'm no doctor. I'm no scientist. I haven't got a degree in psychology. I'm a life coach. I work with people and a lot of the time I'm working on their limiting beliefs, relearning new habits, unlearning old habits. This is what I do on a day-to-day basis. And so this point of view about the brain is from my perspective and what I see people and what I've learned in my studies to become a life coach. And so for those that don't know, I have a diploma of life coaching and I also am a master practitioner in NLP. So NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming. And I did my training here on the Gold Coast with a wonderful trainer And her version of NLP, she calls it integrated NLP. And her definition says this, it's an incredible system of communication with self and others that generates effective transformation. 
incredible resources and spectacular influence in order to reach a desired destination state or goal. So as you can see, it's really aligned with what I want to do and want to help people with while getting to the goal. We use our, our mind, conscious and unconscious mind and our higher self to guide us through our nervous system in our bodies, which is all our feelings and emotions, through the five senses, so visual, auditory, kinesthetic, olfactory, and gustatory. And we use language systems, words, and yeah, neural representations to actually rewire our brains. So our brain is a really important function in this process. And this is why I'm bringing it up because it's like, okay, we need to know a little bit more about our brain and how it works and how we can use it effectively to create our conscious life that we want. So back to the the main things that I know about our brain as a life coach. And now that you know that I'm not a scientist and I'm not a any sort of psychologist or anything, I'm just a life coach, just showing up, trying to help people out in the world. And what I know about the brain is that the brain's main job is to keep us safe. So if you've ever felt uncomfortable doing something new, that is because your brain and all your programming wants to keep you safe. And we have a very old brain, like we've got this primal part of our brain, which is always on alert for threats and yeah, just doesn't want us, doesn't want us to die. (laughs) And so whenever you do something new, we, our nervous system is feeling it. And so our brain, as smart as it is, it's not actually smart enough to know that we're actually safe because our version of unsafe in the world today is a little bit different to the version of unsafe back in prehistoric times when we were going to be chased by a tiger and eaten. And so our brain is on high alert for our, any differences in our our nervous system. So if we get a little bit scared about going out on stage and speaking, our brain goes and still goes into that fight or flight mode. And so if you know that about your brain, it actually makes so much sense. You know, like as a kid, I was showing up in these Estedfords playing the piano and I was literally petrified. And it makes no logical sense because, well, piano is not very scary (laughs) and neither are people really people that there to support me and watch me play piano, yet my nervous system was in overdrive and I was a complete nervous wreck going out on stage to play a piano piece. Therefore, my fingers didn't work and pretty sure I made a fool of myself, but that's okay. (laughs) That's a story for another day. So me doing something new, like playing the piano in front of a group of people, I, I felt the fear and my nervous system kicked in Therefore, my brain's like, oh my God, she's going to die. And so we're going to flood her with all these hormones and emotions, uh, not emotions, hormones and like adrenaline and yeah, that type of stuff. So she can fight or flight. Anyway, so that's what the brain does. It's going to keep us safe. And the next thing our brain likes to do, which makes a whole lot of sense when we're trying to change and create new habits, is that your brain wants to conserve energy. So your brain will encourage you to do the same thing over and over and over again, the same way, because it just wants to put it on repeat. Like it does not want to have to think about how to brush your teeth. So that's a great example, brushing your teeth. You use your same hand, you do the same routine, do it in the same manner. You don't even have to think about it anymore. You might be thinking about 
something else completely different than brushing your teeth. The same goes for driving home the same route every day. Your brain doesn't really need to be switched on. It can conserve energy because it already knows the route. It already knows where you need to put the blinker on and already knows where you need to pump the brakes. It already knows how to pull into the driveway, all that type of stuff. And we can conserve energy, which is why sometimes after you've driven the same route many, many times that you get home and pull into your driveway and you're like, oh, geez, I kind of remember driving home these last few kilometers. And it's because your brain is on conserving energy mode. And so that's why we we do those things. So as you can imagine, if you want to do something new, if I said to you, pick up your toothbrush in the other hand and brush, do the opposite of what you would normally do and brush with your other hand and put your toothpaste on with your other hand, oh, that'd be really difficult. You'd have to actually stop and think about it. And your brain's most probably going, please don't do that. This is really uncomfortable. And so doing it takes a lot of energy. And if you go to go a new route home from work, if you think, oh, I'm just going to, instead of turning right today out of the driveway from work, I'm going to turn left and just see where it takes me. Well, you have to be more switched on. It takes a lot more brain power for you to actually figure that out, how to get home. So the brain conserving energy is really important piece in this, which is why when you want to do something new, it feels really difficult and it's meant to feel difficult. It's, it means you're doing the right thing. It means you're pushing outside the comfort zone that you're in and going into that little level of like discomfort, which is always where growth is made. The next thing it does, back to my NLP training, it does three things with information. So what happens is like there will be, you have information come through your five senses. People do three things with it. They either delete it, delete the information altogether. They distort it or they generalize it. This is an important piece because it might help you understand how others are filtering information as well. It's like a filter system. And again, it goes back to our brains keeping us safe and our brains wanting to conserve energy. We already have a filter and a model of the world that we showed up in. And that model of the world is created from our, well, firstly, it can be created from genetics, and it can also be created from our environment. So imagine when we're kids, we're just like big sponges and we're soaking everything in. And it's really, yeah, a place that we're just learning. Like we're just like a walking unconscious mind between the ages of zero and seven and everything that is offered to us, we just take it on like it's the truth. And so we end up with a version of life that we see it's from our own perspective and it was given to us. And so when something else happens, we do these three things because we want it to align with our own way of thinking about the world. So let's have a think. So deleting it. So deleting is when when you or others pay attention to one aspect of the information but omits the other. So it just completely disregards part of the information. And this could be something, this could come across as my friend never listens to me. So maybe you're having a conflict with your friend and you you think to yourself, she never listens to me. Maybe this one instance and you think to yourself, <laughs> she never listens to me. And in actual fact, you're deleting all the times and all the other instances when she actually has listened to you. Because I'm pretty certain a friend would have listened to you at some point, but your brain in that point in time is just 
omitting that information because it wants to see things from your point of view. It's not allowing anything else. Then it also distorts information. And so this is recalling facts differently. So you've all heard how people can be in exactly the same circumstance, yet they'll tell the story differently. Like I've always said this, you know, even about my childhood, like I'll have one view, my my siblings will have another view. And I think, how on earth is that possible? But it's because they're distorting the information to align with their own model of the world. Like they want to see something a certain way, as do I. And so I just distort the information to have it look like how I want it to look like. (laughs) Okay. And so, yeah, you can imagine police officers trying to find information from bystanders from an accident, and they're going to have to sift through all the people that saw the accident and all their versions and knowing that this information is going to be distorted. Nothing, there's mostly no information that really aligns. There might be some pieces where they can piece things together. And this is just something that humans do. Humans do this without even knowing that they're doing it. The next one is generalization. So we make a blanket statement or an assumption from things. So an example of this is all women want a big white dress for their wedding. That's assuming all women want to get married firstly, and they all want a big white dress. And I I can absolutely 100% tell you that that's actually not the case. But yet people make these assumptions. They, They make generalizations to align with how their model of the world is, how they want to see the world, how they've seen the world up until this very moment. And it's okay. So all this contributes to how people show up in the world and their behavior. So if you're thinking, why on earth is somebody acting that way in a certain circumstance, it might help you understand that if they're, if the information that they're getting to them, they're, it's going through their five senses and then they're deleting, distorting or generalizing the information to align with how they want to see things or how they've lived in the past or up until that very moment you can understand why that's, they might behave in a certain way because some people, you know, as you know, behave badly in certain situations, well, that what I would consider badly or you would consider badly. Like that's, you know, maybe the wrong word, but it's how people show up. And so I, I highlight this because I want you to know that all the resistance that you feel is not your fault. So when you're the person that's like, oh, my God, I really want to do this. I really want to get this goal. I want to lose weight. I want to build a business. I want to walk some big trail or plan for a holiday or, you know, pay off pay off my credit cards and then it gets to the end of the time frame and you've done nothing and you're riddled with guilt about the doing of nothing. And I just want to tell you that it's not your fault. Maybe up until this very moment, you have been blaming yourself so much for it and you're, you are partly aware that you are, choosing, you are choosing this but yet you don't know why. So I'm hoping that this information about your brain, you know, remember the three things, its job is to keep you safe, it, it wants to conserve energy, so it puts things on repeat and it also deletes, distorts and generalises information to align with how you see the world in your current state. And yeah, it's not your fault. 
it's not it's not anybody's fault it's just how it is and once you know that and you know that you're that you're just wired that way and that you were influenced by many things especially your environment that that you grew up in and also your genetics that you can actually then give yourself some compassion because the biggest piece that most people are not doing when they're planning is actually self-compassion and self-love. And it's why you feel so frustrated when you can't change your habits and all your behavior as easily as you want to. Like I don't know how many times I've gotten on a coaching call and someone's like, oh, to be honest, like I feel like I'm doing some of this, but most of the time it's so much resistance. And it's like, great, you're doing it right. That is what is meant to happen. So the good news is that it is possible to rewire your brain. I do this through conscious thinking. People do it through many different modalities, but my the modality that I love the best is like awareness and then conscious thinking and action. So we know that our brain has neuroplasticity now, which again, I'm no scientist, but basically basically it means that the brain has the ability to rewire and modify connections. So you've heard of the saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. It actually happens in our brain. So I think it's called neural pruning, <laughs> if I'm not wrong, like don't quote me on it. But if your brain, if you don't use a part of your brain for a very long time, actually it'll just stop using, stop firing those neurons together and it'll stop having those connections. And so you have to actively use your brain to keep it going. And you can you can actually increase your neuro, neural connections as well. So all is not lost if you haven't done a lot and you feel yourself like going backwards. It's okay. You can actually catch up and rewire your brain and build new connections. So it's great. Our brain is a fantastic, fantastic organ and fantastic tool to get what we want. It just means that we have to go through some discomfort. But like I said, Nothing happens in the comfort zone. It all happens in the 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 next zone, which is that in that discomfort. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, you know you're doing something right. So to improve and stimulate new connections, you can do a few things, which is why it's really important that I'm talking to you today about planning, because doing different things is essential. If you want the same result, then you do the same thing. And I'm assuming that you're listening to me because you want something differently. You want something different in your life. You don't want the same results that you're getting, or maybe you feel like you're not getting any results. And so now it's time to use your brain effectively and actively to get the results that you do want. And this requires planning. So now I'm going to just step into this planning piece and help you, yeah, help you just like start because I do know there's so much information out in the world and it can be overwhelming. And I just want to keep things really simple. So today I'm just going to take you through three strategies that I use myself personally that actually help me plan, decide what I want and actually show up and make a plan to make it happen. Because if I don't have a plan, I sit in confusion. I was saying this today, if I do not have a plan and I'm like, I'll just go do some work 
and it's a very general statement, right? I'm just going to do, do some work. I sometimes come into my office and I'm like, oh God, there's so much to do. I don't know. And I end up walking out really confused because I have no idea where to start. Yet if I've planned, which I genuinely do for my week and put it in my calendar and then figure out exactly what I want to achieve, well, then when I'm like, okay, off I go to work and I walk into my office, I know exactly what I'm going to do. There's no time for indulging in any confusion. I can actually just get to work, do the things. So I'm showing up to get it done. And therefore, when I'm taking action, it's inevitable that my goal is going to happen, that if my goal is already done. That's that's the energy that I go into any sort of goal with, That is that it's done already, now I just need to do the work. And all the work's planned out for me right down to the nitty-gritty details. So grab your pen and paper, and if you've got opportunity anyway, if you're driving, of course, come back to this later, and I'm going to just walk you through some steps. So the first step is in anything is firstly to decide what you want to achieve. There's two types of people. There's the first type of person that wants all the things. They've they've got like a huge list, they've got a vision board, they've got the dream list, they've got all the things that they want to do and they don't know which one to start with. And there's the second type of person that is like I want something different but I don't exactly know what I want. With the first type of person, with the thing, with with all the lists, I want you to just pick one. Pick one that maybe your heart is singing about initially. And it doesn't really make any difference which one you start with. Like I just want to offer that to you because a lot of people don't start things because they're like, oh, what should I do first? Like I don't know what I want to do. And if I do that, you know, that means I'm not focusing on this and And I'm just going to tell you, just pick one. If you're trying to focus on them all, your diluted focus will get diluted results. So you need to actually focus on just one at a time. And this is a really hard part. Like I found this really, really difficult. I have a dream board, a vision board and a list of all the things that I want to do. And now I've gotten really great at picking one and working on one. Look, Maybe that's a stretch. I'm okay. I'm better. I'm better at it. (laughs) Sometimes I have a few things on the go, but those things don't get done well if I've got too much going on. The best idea is always to choose one, work work on it and see it through and then choose the next one. So for example, if you're wanting to create a business and you've got something that you want to do, like creating a podcast, well, Focus on the podcast and like anytime something else exciting comes up into your brain and you're like, oh, I really want to do that too. It's like, great, yeah, I can do that. It's not yet. And I'm going to put it on the list. I have a beautiful Trello board that I've started and I just put it on the list of all my ideas. And then when I've got capacity, I go back to it. So, and for the second person that has no ideas, but just knows they want something different, just feel into what it is that you're struggling with right now. It might be, and I and I want to just use a an example of feeling like you're maybe overindulging in food or eating or something like that. I have I work with a lot of women that want to focus on their health. And so I know this is a big one. So it's out there in the world. And so if you're like, oh, I just feel really uncomfortable in my clothes, maybe for you, 
the result of that is because you're overeating. So maybe the the goal could be, I want to just figure out what works for my body and what doesn't and what I can do to, you know, lose, lose weight or gain muscle or drop a dress size or however you want to phrase it. Like there is no right or wrong here and I don't want to, you know, focus too much on weight loss, but it's just an example as an easy example for me. So once you've done that and you've decided and you're constrained, because remember it's fine to decide what you want to do and have 50 things on the go, but you have to constrain as well. Once you do this, it gives you clarity. And then from there, like the clarity is power. So you need to then write out a really clear goal statement of what that goal looks like. So decide on your goal. So that's the first step, decide and constrain. So the second strategy, then the second strategy is to eliminate excuses because I know already what your brain is doing. I know it's already arguing with you about why it can't work, about why you will not achieve your goal. Am I right? (laughs) I bet I'm right because my brain does this to me all the time because remember, it wants to keep you safe. It is now time to highlight your excuses. And I want you to write down some of your top excuses that you use all the time. So they might be that you're always tell yourself that you haven't got enough time or that your kids won't eat the food that you want to cook that is more aligned for your goal or that you're going on a holiday and there's no way that you could possibly plan your food when you're on holiday that type of stuff, all the excuses that you use on repeat, you know, my husband's not supportive. Just figure out what all your excuses are because I want you to understand that you you can choose to do and complete this goal. Like it is up to you. It is possible. I want you to, I want to tell you that you are a walking possibility. Anything that you put your mind to, you can do. And if you keep telling yourself you're, you can't, that is staying in that victim mentality. However, if you took out the word can't and put in the word won't, it changes the sentence a lot. It actually takes us and makes us really responsible for our own choices. So for example, so if you take out can't and put in won't, the examples will be, I won't make those phone calls to sell my products. I won't control myself around food. I won't get up to work out every day. I won't put in the effort in the effort to get the result. Oh, yeah, they they actually hurt. <laughs> they hurt when you you're like, "Damn it, I really want it to be everybody else's fault. I can't do it. I can't control myself around food. I can't work out every day because of x, y, and z and use all the excuses." So this is a time to really show up and own up and be self-responsible for your own life and yeah, just highlight those excuses. I like to put them into this like greatest personal hits, <laughs> which, you know, write, which looks like this, write your excuse, then write why it's bullshit and then write what you're willing to do instead. And that will give you some idea how to work through those obstacles of your own excuses. So again, I'm just going to repeat that. Write your excuse, what you always tell yourself, and then write why it's BS, then write what you are willing to do instead. See how, and just 
come back and tell me how powerful that was because I do this for myself all the time. And the last step, so strategy three, is action. We could talk about it all day and, yeah, talk about why it's important to write plans and how your brain's, you know, preventing you from changing and all that stuff, yet what you need to do as the most important thing is take action. No goal was achieved without taking action to get it done. I wish it was. If I thought there was another way, I would absolutely tell you what it is. But as far as I can tell, if you want to achieve something, action is a pretty key piece of it. So taking massive aligned action is really important. And massive action is defined as taking action until you get the result that you want. Even if you put a time limit on it, even if you're like, okay, I've got six months to do this. And then six months rolls around and you're taking all the action still, yet you don't achieve it exactly how it would look or you thought it would look. You don't give up. You keep showing up until you get the job done. That is massive action. It's massive dedication to yourself. It's giving yourself a huge high five going, come on, girl, let's do it. So those are the steps. So the action piece can be really broken down like into some nitty gritty pieces. So it could look like what you specifically need to do to get the goal done. If you thought of a 30-day goal, 30, 60, 90-day goal, and if you broke up those into months and then weeks and then days, what would the action look like? Get really specific. And I'm just going to tell you right here, like when you do a list of all the things that you need to do to get the goal done, you might not know all of them up front and that's okay. My, things might come up along the way that you didn't even know because, well, you don't know what you don't know. And so to get the job done, you just keep taking action. And if something else comes up and you're like, oh, I didn't realize I had to do that first, well, that just goes on the list too. And scheduling it into your calendar or however you use a calendar, whether it's digital, on paper, whatever, like lists, I don't know what you use, but whatever you use, that's the important step is to actually put it into some sort of calendar or template so you know what to do. So those times where you walk into your office in the morning, you're like, great, I'm going to do some work. You look at your calendar or your schedule and you see what you need to do. It says to you right there, Prue, record a podcast. And you get on and record a podcast. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to spend energy contemplating what you're going to do. You've already done that piece. And this piece can take a short amount of time. Like I I do this planning piece at the start of every week. Sometimes it's on a Sunday afternoon when I've got time. Sometimes it's on a Monday morning, but I make sure I plan my my plan my week in advance. And I could go into so much detail about that and I'm not going to on this podcast because it's something that we're actually doing in my Be Unshakable course right now. If you want to if you want to join and get into all the nitty-gritty stuff if this wasn't, if this was just a teaser and you're like, oh, I really want to learn more and you're ready for more, maybe it's time to join Be Unshakable and actually come into the group container and learn all the nitty gritty details. For some of you, this might be all you need. You just might have needed to hear that your brain was doing its job by keeping you safe and keeping you in your comfort zone and that you just need to do these three things, which was decide and constrain eliminate your excuses 
and then to take action. That might be all that you need to hear from me today. And if it was, I'm so thankful that you heard this message and that you can actually show up for yourself and your and your dreams. Because believe me, my friends, your goals want you to achieve them as much as you want to achieve them. Your goals are just waiting for you. Your dreams are just waiting for you. And I really hope and encourage you to go out and chase them. Like we live this great life. We may as well make it the life that we want. Like I want you to plan for your conscious and deliberate life because where's the fun in living a life that's just by default from somebody else's system that they set up? I want us women particularly, but everybody living the life that they want, the life of their dreams. And I know that's really cliche, but I do. Like I I know I don't want to be living a life that's un- like unexciting and boring and living for somebody else's dreams. I want to live my dreams. And what that looks like is different for everybody, but I know that you know what you want. So my friends, I'm going to leave it there. I hope that was really helpful. And if you want to join us in Be Unshakable, I would love to see you there. Okay, have a great night. Bye. Thanks for listening to More Life, Less Drama. All the details of this podcast can be found in the show notes on my website. And if you want to take your growth to the next level, I invite you to become part of my membership program, Be Unshakable, where we take this information and dive headfirst into putting it into action. Go to www.head-coach.com.au for all the details. Until next week.